Perek Yud Aleph Mishnah Vav. This is the last Mishnah of the Perek. We learned in the beginning of the Perek that if a person throws some object on Shabbos from one type of Rishus to another, he is liable for violating the Malacha of Hutzah, for it is considered that he has performed all of the elements of the Malacha. For upon throwing the object, he performed the Akira, and he set the object from rest into motion. It then went into a different Rishus, and landed as a result of the force he put into the object. And so halachically it's deemed that he did perform the Akira, changing its Rishus, and finally the placing of the object down in the other Rishus. So he performed all of the elements of the Malacha, therefore he's biblically liable. Now what are the consequences for liability? Well, assuming that he did this Bishogeg, assuming that it was inadvertent, say he forgot it was Shabbos, Halacha for an inadvertent violation of Shabbos is the person has to bring a carbon chattis. The Mishnah's first case is where mid-flight the person realized, oh no, it's Shabbos, I'm not allowed to throw this thing into a different rishos. As the Mishnah states, Hazorek, somebody launched some projectile, threw something from one rishos to another, say from his house, rishos yachid, to the street, rishos arabim, v'nizkar la'achar sheyotzasa miyado. They realized mid flight before the object landed in the Rosh Rabbim, in other words, before the Malacha was complete, he realized, oh no, it's Shabbos. And so at that point, he was not a Shogeg. Rather, he was aware that what he was doing was forbidden on Shabbos. The Mishnah will state, in this case, along with the other cases that will be mentioned here, the person is exempt from having to bring a carbon Chattis because of the fact that once the Malacha was coming to an end, at the point of the Hanachas, the object was coming to land in the Rosh Rabbim. He, at that you know, critical time, was not of a Shogeg mindset. He, at that stage, was technically amazed. Now, of course, there was nothing he could do at that point to stop the object from landing. Nevertheless, his mindset continues to be relevant until the Malacha is physically completed. Next case is, a person threw something from one Rosh to another on Shabbos, and when he threw the object, there was nobody in the other Rishus who was you know, standing there to catch. He wasn't playing catch. Rather, the person threw the object with the intention that it should land on some spot in the Rishus Rabim. And lo and behold, someone appeared and caught the object, made a catch, so that it never landed on the ground of Rishus Rabim. This too is a case where the person will be exempt from having to bring a chatos. For even though physically... A malacha of Hotzah was completed here. It went from point A in Rishos HaYachid and landed in point B in this person's hand, in Rishos HaRam, person's hand is considered a significant type of surface. And so seemingly he should be liable. He ultimately performed the entire malacha. However, the Mishnah rules that being that the Hanacha that was to happen when the object was released by the thrower would have placed the object, say, on the ground of Rishos HaRabim. Instead, this person intercepted, he stopped the object in its trajectory so that the other person, the receiver, ended up doing a different hanacha than was going to happen. It's therefore considered a situation in which these two people performed the malacha together. And as we saw in the very beginning of the Mesechta, a situation like this of Shnaim Sha'asu, where it's a team effort. Two people are performing the malacha together. Allah is, there is no biblical liability. So certainly no skila or kares. 
nor carbon chatis. In addition, the Mishnah states, a person will not be biblically liable if cultic kelev oshinisrafa, if the object landed in the dog's mouth, even if he threw it to the dog, or if he threw the object from his Rishosiachin to Rishosarabim to an incinerator that was in Rishosarabim and got burned up in the Rishosarabim, even if this was the target, this is where he was trying to throw the object, he's not biblically liable because here the malacha was physically not completed, meaning the definition of malacha vatsa is object landing on a stable surface, only has to be at least a fortfachim, landing in a dog's mouth or landing into a fire is not considered landing on a stable surface. So in this case, the issue is the malacha never came to completion. Therefore, in these cases and in the previous cases, Potter, the person, is exempt from biblical liability. There will be no carbon chatis. The Mishnah has another ruling that pertains to a completely different malacha, where again, the person realized you know, midway that it's Shabbos, and so that you know, impacts the required mindset for chatis liability. The case here is Zarak Lasos Chabura. Somebody threw something with the intention that inflict a wound on another, whether in another person or in an animal, and creating a wound, drawing blood from a living being on Shabbos, is a malacha. So essentially this person set out to do a malacha on Shabbos, but initially when the object left his hand, he was shogeg, he didn't realize it was Shabbos. Beniskar nasa mid-flight, before the object made impact, it made the Chabura, he realized that Shabbos, and that what he was doing was a Malacha violation, Malacha is Pater. He is exempt, for even though when he initiated the Malacha, he was in a mindset of Shogeg, since at the end part of the Malacha, he was no longer in a Shogeg mindset, he will not be subject to obligation to bring a carbon Chatis. The Mishnah sums up the operating principle here, she says, Zaklal, the general rule is person will not have to bring a carbon chatis unless the act that makes him liable for that was performed with a shogeg mindset. It was inadvertent both at the beginning stage of the act and at the end of the act. And thus, if he either had the shogeg mindset, it was inadvertent initially, but like in the cases we had above, by the end of the act, he realized what he was doing, realized this is a violation, he was not shogeg. Or conversely, let's say somehow the beginning of the act, he realized what he was doing was a Shabbos violation. And in mid-flight, he got amnesia and totally forgot that Shabbos. In either case, being that he was not of a shogeg mindset, both at the beginning and the end, the portion of the malacha, Piturin will be exempt from having to bring a carbon chatis such a tchilasan vesofan shkaga. He will not have to bring a carbon chatis unless he was of a shogig mindset both at the beginning and end stages of the malacha act. Farshim explained that with this seemingly repetitive language, the Mishnah is coming to teach us that the only requirement is that the person be of a shogig mindset both at the beginning and the end, but not at the middle stage. And so if somehow at the very beginning of the Malacha, when he initiated the act, he was unaware of Shabbos, and then he temporarily, mid-flight, became aware of the Shabbos, and then somehow forgot that, in that case he would be liable, and he would have to bring a carbon chatis for that 
fleeting moment of realization that it's Shabbos would not be a sufficient reason to knock off carbon liability. The fact is, at the beginning and at the end of the Malacha, those key stages, he was oblivious, it was Shabbos, he was Shogeg, therefore he would have to bring a carbon chattis.